good morning, Charles, take three. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> on this one. Uh, welcome to this very special episode that is almost live. We're recording this at 920 on uh, Monday morning. And as soon as you and I are finished, we're going to send it straight up to the cloud. And sorry, sorry that we're a few hours late, everybody. Yeah. But you're you're getting I would I would hold up a newspaper for proof of life if I if I had one. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm staying in a hotel. And they don't really do that automatic uh, USA Today anymore. Like No, to. no, I haven't seen that in a long time. Every once in a while, I would go to a hotel and see it right by the elevator. I'd see one oh, copy yeah, yeah. on the buffet desk there, whatever, by the elevator. But yeah, not in front of the door in years now. Yeah, yeah. I used to actually read that when I uh, when I was traveling uh, with uh, with your company back back in the day, 10, 10 years too. ago. I did too, yeah. I would, yeah. I would wake up early. I'd make the uh, whatever terrible coffee you can make in the hotel room with the with the free coffee they provided. I, I would, think it was pre-curing, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I would read, and I'd read my uh, USA Today to see what was going on in the world. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. It was uh, it was easy. It was an easy read. Yeah, and I remember there used to be a thing where you could refuse the paper delivery and save like fifty cents a night on your room or something. That's right. Oh my gosh, you're right. <laughs> I remember that. Wow. Uh, yeah, you know, do they still? I don't think they still do the. Uh, I know Marriott was doing it for a while, where you could uh, bypass the uh, daily housekeeping and then you'd get some extra points. Applied oh yeah, I remember it wasn't, that. You never got money back, but it was always you could get some you get some points. I haven't seen that in a while. I don't, I don't let them. I don't want them coming in every day. I do it. Oh, and, you do? Uh, no, I do not. Oh, you don't. I do not. Don't, I yeah. do not no, I, I, you know, I leave them a tip as if they came every day, but I, I don't. I don't. I do not disturb the whole time. And then go Same. ahead when, when I'm. And you know, I, I'm, I'm not a complete slob. I try to gather all the time because I actually dated a girl who. Uh, had a, a mother that used to clean oh, uh, yeah. hotel rooms. And so when I traveled with her, she gave me all these little tips to make it easier on the life of the person that was cleaning oh, nice. the hotel rooms. Cause she helped her mom once in a while. One of them is all the, all the towels that you use and the washcloths and everything else like that. Sometimes they're spread throughout the, the hotel from right. wherever you're using it. Sure, yeah. Just gather them all in one pile on the floor. And so now I'm taking them off the shower door. I'm taking off the nightstand, wherever that is, put them in one pile on the floor. And, uh, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm helping people out a little bit. So, <laughs> nice. you know, something I took away from that relationship. All right. I'll try to remember that towels in, in one place and, uh, I'll, I'll try not to, uh, toss any of the chairs out the window. Like, uh, <laughs> like I often do. Cause I, I imagine somebody probably has to deal with that. <laughs> You and your rock star days exactly. so used to do that, throwing, throwing the chairs out the window. Yeah. So um not feeling too rock star right now. Uh as as we've been talking about nonstop for the last few days. My my back is killing me because I'm old and I make unwise decisions. And uh yeah, it is I really did something to my my upper back. And so I'm trying to spend as much time in bed as possible and not in a fun way, uh in a in a con in a convalescing way. I don't know. I don't know how people have the strength to uh, to handle any kind of chronic pain, man. I am I am not built for it. Yeah, yeah. So, how do you think that all kind of came to be? I think I have probably been trying to uh, add a little too much weight to the bar every time I've been getting under it in my squats and my overhead presses. Okay, and uh, yeah, I think. I think the three days a week is okay, but on my 
my deadlifts, I've been trying to move up 10 or 15 pounds of workout. My squat, I've been trying to move up 10 pounds of workout. My overhead press, I've been trying to move up five pounds of workout. And I'm, and I'm already getting a little close to, you know, some of the areas where some of the numbers I've been plateauing at for the last few years. And it's just, I'm trying, I think I'm just trying a little too hard. Maybe my form's not staying as, as tight as it should. I, uh, I noticed that my weight belt was probably one hole too loose and I should have taken a break to tighten it up and I didn't do that. And so, yeah, it's just irresponsibility. I mean, that's, that's always the, the, yeah. name of the game with me, but I mean, you, you know, you were pretty disciplined with going and doing the, these, this, I guess, are they considered starting strength workouts? Yeah. Yeah. It's still, still doing the starting strength lifts on the novice linear progression, trying to get back up to my, my limits with that. Yeah. So, I mean, you, for, I know you were, you were really disciplined doing that pretty consistently for a while. And then how long do you think you took a break for before you started again recently? Oh, uh, let's see. It was whenever the, uh, the lottery results came out for, uh, the Mount Whitney hike. What I, what I didn't get, I I guess that was probably March. I want to say. Okay. So I was off from March till June. Okay. And you, you were still doing, that that type of lifting up till march yeah okay so march to june march april may all right so like four months about um and then uh so do you feel like you you went too too fast too soon too i mean too much weight too soon because yeah i mean I i think so i mean this is what just the second week you've been yeah doing this yeah, it was yeah. Week, week, week number two is where, where and you I went right in, in like three days a week for a little while for and I mean the, yeah. the three the three days a week is not the problem. If I started if I started light enough and I took small okay. enough small enough bumps every workout, I okay I should have been with much lighter weight yeah. than than I was. So, so I'm, would, I'm trying to decide right now. You know, would it would it be in my interest to even with my back hurt the way that it is right now? It's better at night than it is when I first wake up in the morning. Would mm-hmm. it be a good idea to go into the gym and just do an empty bar workout with all of my my three or four exercises that I'm doing and just do it with the empty bar to to sort of give my back a little bit of work to do or am I better off just trying to stay in bed as much as I can? I don't know. I I'm a fan of doing a little bit of movement if yeah. you can. Um even though you don't feel like it. I I feel like if uh if nothing else, you know, do f- go for some long walks so that yeah. at a minimum so that you're moving things around cuz your body is you know that 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 also helps your lymph drainage and all of the the stuff that needs to be repaired all this all the toxins and all the also the um you know all the damaged parts of your cells that need repairing that gets carried away from you know in your blood and your lymph and and you know by moving you're moving that around you're helping things out um and that's always helped me when i'm sore um yeah. and then you know with injury it might not be bad yeah to actually go through those movements with a really yeah, really light, like just maybe bar only, or maybe right. start out with no bar and just do the movements and see how that feels before you even add the bar, you know, and, and, uh, as long as you can, you can hold back and not, and resist putting actual weight on there and, uh, potentially, cause, oh, it feels good. I'll, I'll just throw throw a couple 25s on here. No, I think I, I think, can, I, I think I can, you know, I can, I can dodge that for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I get it, man. I'm, I'm, I get this. I mean, I think we're all the same way. I mean, once we get back in there, like, well, I'm here, I might as well, you know, I feel good. I'm going to push the envelope a little bit, get a little impatient. Um, yeah, that's, uh, 
sorry, sorry dealing with that. It's all right. I mean, it's part of the, you know, I'm going to be 45 here in a few months and, uh, you know, you kind of, you know, the, the lifestyle I live, I, I get to act younger than my age a lot. You know, the fact that I, I live alone, I don't have any kids. I, you know, I live in my camper and I travel all the time. I've, I've got, you know, mm-hmm. one, one could say I have a little bit of a Peter Pan mindset and that mm-hmm. certainly applies to the, yeah. the way I discipline myself at the gym too, where I, I feel like, you know, I spend most of the time feeling younger than I perceived 44 years old would feel like when I was a younger man. So, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. in a lot of ways, I'm in the best shape I've ever been in right now. And so it has me you know, 10 years ago, I weighed 40 plus pounds more than I weigh right now. And so I felt worse than I feel all the time. You know, I was always tired. I was always uh, uncomfortable in my skin and uh, that's gone away. So now I think I'm invincible and that is in fact, not the case. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, uh, it's, it's a learning experience, right? You just got to figure out where you're at and you know, just fine tune it and just be patient with yourself. You know, that's, that's yeah. The hard, the hard part for me is it's like, okay, I'm trying to, you know, I, again, I, at 44 years old, I am trying to be stronger than I've ever been before. So naturally my time in the gym, isn't going to be just feely good, pleasant all the time. I'm going to have to deal with things being discomfort, you know? Yeah. And it's like, how do I know where to draw the line between, okay, this is a little uncomfortable versus, okay, you're doing damage to yourself. You're going to, because trying to, you know, get to a certain goal by my birthday, it's like stuff like this takes, you know, a couple of weeks out of the equation. And then that makes me want to push even harder when I do get back in the gym. And it's like, yeah. eh, you know, can't, can't do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you, you kind of figured out where you're, where your limit is. And so now, you know, you kind of got to back off from that a little bit and, and just be okay with making a, making progress, just not as much. So I think it's more about, it's not about how much progress you're making each time. It's more about, are you making any progress each time, even if it's a tiny little bit, bit, you know, and that it's, it's kind of uh, good timing that we're going to start with the tiny habits book next. Yes, um, absolutely. I think, I think that might help solidify and give you a little bit more patience and put a little bit more. It did for me and me a little bit more value in the, the building of a consistent habit rather than, and seeing the value in that rather than as much value as we typically put into a, a destination, a goal, right. You know, and you know, it, so the way, the way, uh, Dr. Fogg, you know, puts together, um, it it really kind of helps solidify that. Yeah. I I've done the math and, you know, I really, if I was only adding two and a half pounds to my lifts per, per workout, instead of trying to do five or 10, if you could do two and a half per workout and never injure yourself and never miss a week, then obviously that is much better long-term than trying to do a bump that's too big and hurting yourself and having to, you know, sit out for a week, week and a half while you recover. Yeah. And, and any progress too, also in the gym is not a linear progression. It is not, you know, a straight line going up diagonally. There is going to be ups and downs. So again, I think for me is if you go in with that mindset and knowing 
yeah, you know, sometimes you're not going to be able to lift as much and you, you know, it's okay. This is normal. There's not anything right. wrong. There's nothing wrong with you, you know, <laughs> right. you're getting older and that's, you know, always around the back of my mind too. It, it's just, you know, this is just what is normal. And that goes a long way having that, that mindset. Um, and uh, that kind of, I think that's, a, it's a good segue into getting into section five here on, on self-doubt. Um, with, uh, why has nobody told me this before by Dr. Julie Smith? Um, we're talking about chapter 18 here, dealing with criticism and disapproval. And, uh, I guess this is, you know, <laughs> this kind of talks about the criticism and disapproval from other people, right? but, you know, I think we do, we do plenty of, uh, plenty of that ourselves. Yeah. And I, uh, sections five and six were, or a couple of the most valuable ones for me in this book, um, uh, because man, I, my my relationship with uh, criticism and disapproval is uh, I, I would I would venture to say not the healthiest because I'm very black and white when it comes to that stuff. It's either um, when when somebody offers me any level of criticism or disapproval, it goes to one extreme or another. Either who are you to even tell me this? I could not care less about what your opinion is of me, and so I just discount it entirely. Or mm-hmm. It's somebody on the short list of people who I really do care about their opinion, and it just destroys me that they have anything negative to say about me at all. And then, you know, I have to, I internalize all of that and it puts me into a shame spiral and, you know, who am I to let this person down? And, you know, oh, wow. blah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's yeah, one of those that's, two, that's either, heavy. either I don't care or it, yeah. it, it decimates me for, you know, a week. <laughs> Yeah, well, then this chapter was written for you because yeah. <laughs> this is great. Because yeah, Doctor Julie gives you all those shades of gray in between those, you know, that black and white, you know, and and you know, one of the one of the things I liked about this section too is she turns uh, the commonly heard thing or phrase uh, affirmation to not care what people think about you. She turns right. it on its head because she, yeah. she basically goes, "You can't not care about what other people think of you. It's completely unrealistic." And because that's how we're wired. We are, that's our survival mechanism in our brain is, you know, again, you know, thousands of years ago when we, when we depended on a tribe of people, a community to keep us, you know, alive, we needed to care what they thought of us. Otherwise it meant, you know, being ousted from the community and and that meant certain death. And so our brains yeah. haven't changed in those, you know, few thousand years. And no. it, it's still, when we hear things from other people, it, it sometimes it it hits home really hard um or then or or you know you, you like you get you know sometimes a lot of people too it's just like you know you don't matter at all to me you know but then right. but then i know sometimes in my mind it'll still kind of linger a little bit right, you know? right. and i'll kind of i'll try to figure out and 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 a really bad habit is i will then you know I, one part of my brain will know hey this person you know, they're not an expert in this field. They, they don't really know what they're talking about and, and who are they to, you know, criticize me negatively. And then I find myself almost looking for ways to attack them and diminish them on a personal level in order for the other part of my brain to go, yeah, you're right. They don't matter, but it's not, it's not for the right reasons. It's not because they're, they don't have an experience or is it because that's the way they communicate. And that's one of the things that i I liked that she she mentioned here that I kind of pulled out of here is that sometimes people criticize because that's just the way they know how to communicate. 
And it's not necessarily a reflection of what you're doing. And, and so I never thought about it that way, but uh, you know, until I heard this, and then I thought of a few people that I know that seem to criticize a lot and, and realize, yeah, you know what, it, it's, there really isn't any validity to what they're saying. It's just the way they know how to communicate. And I thought that was really interesting in this chapter. Yeah, I like that. I also like uh, when she gets into the idea that you can become uh, more resilient to criticism by, you know, separating the the mistakes you make are not who you are, and you can you know realize okay, I don't have to I don't have to be perfect all the time in order to still be a good employee, a good husband, a good father, a good, whatever, you know, you can, uh, you can, you can miss the mark sometimes without that commenting directly on your value as a fill in the blank. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, she mentions a lot of times on, you know, these days on social media, you know, you, you, you make a, a post or a comment on something and you might get, you know, 50, 50 positive remarks and you get one negative one and right. your mind ignores all 50 and just focuses on that negative one. Right. And, and, you know, and that causes you anxiety and tension. And, and that just goes to show that we are pre-wired to focus on those things because it's, we think it's a threat. Our brain thinks it's a threat and it really isn't these days. Um, and she talks about the spotlight effect that a few other psychologists have talked about, or psychiatrists, I should say, uh, where basically it's our our desire, our, our our tendency as humans to think that um, the world kind of revolves around us, and we're always focused on us, and right. therefore we think that everybody else is focused on us too, because that's the way we're thinking. Right. But, but when you really apply it to every person yeah, no, they're not paying attention to you because they're paying attention to their own. They have their own spotlight effect going on. They're worried about themselves. So a lot of times they may not be thinking about you at all. And that, that has helped me in, in the ballroom dancing <laughs> area, because I feel like, you know, uh, I'm, I'm walking around like Frankenstein up there and, and I don't know anything and it's all fairly new to me. And when I first started doing it, I was just, I was like, oh my God, everybody's looking at me. I'm an, I'm an idiot here. But then I looked around everybody else, else, like they're looking at their feet. They're looking around. Nobody's looking at me. They're worried about themselves. They're all, and, right. and they're all, they're all learning too. And that really helped me go, okay, I can relax a little bit and I kind of enjoy it and making a mistake. I laugh it off. I see other people miss make mistakes and they laugh it off. So, um, it, that, that spotlight effect is, is really, uh, really applies in my case. Yeah, the, we talked about the gym being the same way too, where people oh, are intimidated, right, yeah. go to the gym, you're worried that, you know, you're going to use a machine wrong or you're not going to, and, and everybody's going to notice and laugh at you, but that is just not the case. Nobody, nobody cares. Everybody's worried about their own workout. They're not, they're not looking for newbies to, to tease and make fun of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, part of, part of the, the, the gray area she talks about here is we don't know the, like everything is context is important is, is in context. Right. And a lot of times when somebody criticizes us, we don't know the context, we don't know their life experience and it, it, it you know, it may not be important at all. And right. so it really, you know, their one person's idea is, is kind of wrapped up in their own experience, she says. And so um, our natural instinct is to take on criticism as a factual statement and, and think that that says something about who we are, but it's, it's not. And, and, you know, we start questioning our own self-worth, but you're, again, you gotta, you gotta be a little bit humble and go, I don't know 
what's going on with this person. Like you, right. you might make assumptions, which is kind of arrogant to think about it, right? right like right, I yeah. know exactly where they're coming from, what experience they've had, but you don't. Most of the time you don't. And so to make that assumption is is almost arrogant. So you know, get off your get off your high horse and realize that the person criticizing you, you know, might might not know and it's likewise they don't know your context either. Right. Yeah, your it's, experience or your yeah, intentions. Yeah, I think as as humans, you know, we we often do want to trust the uh the most urgent signal that we get whether that's from our own emotions or from the criticism of another person. It's like whatever whatever feels like it might be the most urgent, let's give that the attention because if it's true, oh no, what are we going to do? And so, you yeah. know, we we've got this we're wired to to look out for that risk and you know assume that the the biggest potentially worst thing that is in front of us is the thing that we need to be focusing on and trusting and spending our time dealing with when yeah often at least in in the west in modern times that's just not the case yeah 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 um and and one of the the keys to i think being able to do that she talks about in the next chapter uh, is you know, the key to building confidence is really you can't build that confidence until it's it's not there, right? In order to right. grow something like your confidence, got to get out of that comfort zone. And she she gives a couple of good examples of 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 how to do that in this chapter, where you're not going to be completely overwhelmed by the the challenge you put yourself into when you're out of your comfort zone. So uh, that I, I liked, I, I liked this chapter too. I, uh, I was thinking about this the other day for men in particular, it seems like for a lot of us, uh, once we get finished with high school or college or the military, it's like, we don't really do a whole lot of things that stretch us and ask us to, to try something new that we are not sure if we're going to be able to succeed at, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, I think, that that is something important for for men in particular is is you know find a a hobby or a sport or something that occasionally puts you in a position where you have to attempt something you're not sure if you're going to be able to pull off and obviously do it in a safe way where you know when it when it doesn't work out you're not you know ruining your life or something like that um you know don't don't just go out there and hijack a plane or something like that decide you want to see if you could be a pilot yeah. but you know definitely take on some things that can uh can challenge what you're already good at and make you stretch a little bit because yeah the feeling of of pulling off something new like that is it does translate to other areas i mean you're you're a person that can learn new things and you're a person that that can pull off something that you haven't pulled off before and that does help you on the next project or the next whatever you uh you have to take on yeah so what's interesting here is i just as you were talking about that it kind of made me realize that when you're building confidence in that new area you're not just building confidence in that new area you're building confidence in yourself that you can take on new challenges as right. well. Exactly. So there's two things that are happening at the same time here. Um, and, and, you know, one might be a little bit more obvious than the other. So, um, it, you know, just as, as you said, you're, you're going to build that confidence and, you know, uh, the, the, you know, courage is, is, is not confidence, right? So courage right. is, is, is being willing to do that thing to take action even in the face of fear, even when you're feeling a little bit fearful. And, and what's, what's nice is here, she, she kind of, you know, gives a good example of, of how to um, move forward with that 
if, if, you know, for example, you know, if you have a fear of, of being in social situations and, you know, ultimately the biggest thing that scares you is going to a party, she says, you know, that's not where you start, right? You, right. Maybe you, you write out a couple of other things, like maybe, you know, maybe something that's similar to that. So maybe it's dinner with a, you know, a few close friends. And then you write out something that's maybe even easier, such as, you know, meeting a friend at a cafe. And right. you, what you do is you start where you feel a little bit out of your comfort zone, but not totally overwhelmed. And then you just repeat that over and over again until that becomes your comfort zone. So maybe that's going to the dinner with a few friends. You just repeat that over and over again. Once you're in that comfort zone, then the next step is going to that, you know, to that party where you don't know anybody. And I thought that was a real nice way of going, of going through that, giving the person some power and control and going, okay, I don't need to, it's, it's like where you get that, if you've heard of that exposure therapy, if you're afraid of spiders, someone just throw you in a room of spiders and put them on your face, you know, like that's, that's what I think of. And this is a little bit more mild than that. Yeah. It, uh, but it does, I mean, it does help. That was one of the things that, uh, you know, Peterson uh, talked about in his book where, you know, we, we, we do have the choice of, you know, you can either decide you want to help someone become stronger or you want to make the world softer. And there's one of those that never works. And one of them that always does, uh, you can't make the world softer. All you can do is try to make people stronger. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that's, uh, the, the, the only way to do that is to pull off small things that you're not sure you can do. And then that gives you the, the courage to try bigger things. All right. I just found out that, um, this lovely hotel has checkout at 10 a.m. instead of 11, like a real hotel. What? So I know I've never heard of a place and they would not give me a late checkout when requested. So I've got about 10, I got 10 more minutes. And, All right. And we, I think that's enough time to, to get through the, re- the rest of the uh, section. But uh, yeah, I've, I've not stayed at a 10 a.m. hotel. I've hotel. never heard of a 10 a.m. I know it's ridiculous. Unless, unless it was like a private, like a non- Chain, but even this then, is Hilton. eleven. This the Hilton, Hilton. how's that yeah. possible? 10? I don't know. Yeah, so that's crazy. So uh, we're uh... wow. All right. Well, um, we're giving Hilton a minus for this uh, this experience right now. Yeah, if I wasn't uh, already diamond or whatever with them, I would really. Uh, I don't know. So wait a minute, you're diamond, and they won't let you stay an hour. Well, I'm diamond, but when you buy the room on Priceline, your diamond status doesn't matter. Oh. Oh, I didn't know that. That's good. Oh, to yeah. Know. Oh, yeah. wow. If you, okay. if, you use pri- if you use Priceline and you get a way lower price than you would be able to uh, uh, get booking directly, then they have no use for you. They, they treat you like cattle. Oh, wow. So that goes right into chapter 20. You are not your mistakes. Um- <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. The, um, yeah, it's, th- th- this, this is a hard chapter for me. At least it was the first time that I read it where, um, you know, I've, I do have a little bit of this nice guy perfectionism where sure. I, I hold myself to the standard of everything. You know, I, again, it, for me, it was, I've said before, it's not no more Mr. Nice guy. It's no more Mr. Perfect guy, because mm-hmm. that is the, uh, the, the thing that I shoot for is I've got to be perfect in all my interactions. I got to be perfect in mostly my social interactions. Those have to go perfectly. Otherwise I, I failed at the thing that I was trying to accomplish. And, uh, yeah, being able to acknowledge those failures and be realistic about them and not be defined by them is certainly a challenge for me. And it does, one of the things she talks about is don't let the, that failure lead you to try to numb yourself and say, you know, okay, it's, 
it doesn't have to feel good. I'm just going to pretend like this doesn't bother me, blah, blah, blah. And then that just leads to repression and resentment, which again, we see so much overlap between this book and some of the other ones that we've looked at where these, these bad behaviors of you trying to soothe yourself, that's not actually addressing your problems. They, they only lead you to build up pressure. That's going to explode at some point down the road. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and the other side of this too is what happens to me is I have perfectionist tendencies, and what I that I end up talking myself out of doing something, and I end up not doing anything because I feel like it's not going to come out perfect, or it's not going to be exactly the way I want it, right. and so I fail in advance, and so exactly. because 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 of my perfectionist tendencies, so that's the, I mean the other side of the coin. So, uh, you know, and she she does talk about that in in this chapter as well. Yeah, there there could be some of those on my part where it's like, okay, if I don't feel like I've got the um, time and space to prepare for whatever this thing is that I want to do, if I can't sufficiently prepare for it, I'll just say I'm not going to do it at all because you know why? Why try and fail when you could just skip it and say eh, it's not for me? Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, I guess uh, I don't know if that that happened a couple times when we went out dancing at some of the oh. Oh, yes, at some absolutely. of the uh, at some of yes. the, the ballroom uh, clubs, and uh, I know a couple of ladies try to try to help, uh, kind of guide you a little bit, and they just I don't think we're as helpful as uh, as they sold themselves to be. And I and I've been in that situation too, and I'm just like I, I don't <laughs> I never told you I could dance this dance, you know. And then uh, yeah, so I know I know how you feel with that. Yeah, and that's the uh, you know one of one of the mistakes that. Uh, we often make is the idea that if you feel badly enough about your imperfections, that will be the thing that spurs and motivates you to change. And uh, her, her last uh, chapter in this section is about, no, you, you don't get better at anything by hating yourself enough at how bad you currently are. Yeah. That's not going to get you motivated to do anything. Which is difficult because I mean, you do have this, I, I think as a culture, we have that idea that, uh, you know, if I decide, I weigh too much or I'm not in good enough shape. If I, if I just hate myself enough, that'll, that'll motivate me to make the changes I need to make. And it's like, no, that's, that's never the thing that works. Yeah. No. I mean, is that how you would talk to a pet or, or a friend? Right. Damn, you're fat. Get, get in the gym. Like you think, would you ever dare, you know, like, wow, you are so lazy. Why don't you like that level of, criticism i mean all it's going to do is end your relationship like it's not you know i mean i so to talk to yourself like that and she she talks about you know i, I don't know if there's this chapter or a little bit later on but you need to be your coach your own coach right so if you were coaching yourself how would you talk you know how would you talk to yourself you know if if or what would that person look like talking to you what would those words coming out of their mouths what would that sound like in your ideal situation that's the way you need to talk to yourself yeah, and there are definitely. Uh, I mean, there are some coaches that talk to the uh, the people that they're coaching that way, but they're they're never the most successful ones. They're never the top no, tier ones. No, no, it's yeah. That's 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 always the the. I think the the joke example usually right. is that that yeah. personal trainer that makes you puke on that first day and stuff like that. It's just like I I know a few a few people have told me stories where they've worked with a personal trainer the first day they got them to puke, and I'm like, oh, you know, how long did you train with them? No, just that once. Or, or it was like maybe like a week or a month, and then after that, no more. Well, you know, they're going about it, you know, the, the wrong way. I think so. You don't, you don't, you don't get someone to do new things 
by making them feel bad. That never works. I had that exact experience with a personal trainer uh, in the uh, Orlando area. Um, there used to be Orlando had a dinner theater after the television show American Gladiators ended. There was an American Gladiators dinner show on 192 in Kissimmee. No way. And I hired a personal trainer who was one of the American gladiators. She, she was, I forget what her name was, but she was one of the American gladiators. I did, no way. One, I did one session with her and she made me vomit and I never went back. <laughs> I, I wonder if that's just like a source of pride for personal trainers. Any personal trainers out there write in. Yeah. Mindfully mask at gmail.com and let us know. Is that something like you guys go, Oh, I made 12 of my clients puke yesterday. Like, is that, is that, you know, do they brag about that? Like they sit around and go, well, how many did you make puke? I mean, because it seems to be a pretty common thing. Yeah. I don't know if, and, and how many, and how many of us come back for a second session after we puke the first one? I mean, that doesn't sound fun. No, I, I can't be, I can't imagine that's good for business. So uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't understand the, the, you know, I understand the ego there, I guess. I don't know. I, I mean, maybe they're hardcore and they're like, no, if somebody's not into that, then I don't want them as a client. Could be. Yeah. Yeah, I like puking. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I just not not for me, man. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. Well, this is uh, yeah. I've got a couple minutes left for me to gather up all my uh, <laughs> luggage and, and get out of this room before they send the police after me. So, uh, yeah, wow. I know ten ten o'clock, crazy. But uh, yeah, I I do. The next chapter is even tougher for me. The uh, the one on fear and anxiety that that one is that one's brutal. So, right. but I think this one leads into it very well. So I hope uh, everybody enjoys. Uh, I shouldn't say enjoys this book. This book is rough. The chapter on grief, the chapter on failure. I mean, these are these are some rough things. But I think uh, I I brought good good stuff out of it when I read it the first time. Yeah, there's solutions here. That's that's my yeah, biggest yeah. thing, man. Yeah, I'm I'm cool with the rough stuff, but you give me a way out. You know, right, and, and right. she does in a very quick and easy way. So um, I don't have any problem with, with, with the rough stuff and hopefully neither, neither do you. So, yeah. Um, all right. Necessary. Sir, let's uh, let's let you uh, check out of there and then okay. uh, yeah, get, get back in touch with me when you're, when you're ready to go for uh, the next one. Absolutely. We'll do. All right, man. I'll talk all to right, you later. Bye. Bye.